verse number 21. If you got it, say amen. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Man, I just love the King James Version. Now, you think I'm, I'm making fun, and I'm not. It just, that King James English was so poetic. Don't be unclean and dirty. Look at this. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now that is so important that it bears repeating. Okay? I want to tell you what, I, I appreciate Cornerstone. I, I, just several moments ago while we were worshiping God and the musicians and the singers were all doing a phenomenal job of leading us into the presence of God. And I was just, in my, in my spirit, I was just thanking God for the spirit of celebration that is continually present in this congregation. Listen, don't take that for granted. It's not like this everywhere. It's not like this everywhere. I'm going to tell you, with all the celebration, with all the great things happening in the prayer room, and it's just happening. It's happening. This has got to be a church of the word. More than any other factor, it's got to be founded deeply on the word of God. Wherefore, laying apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. You've got to have the right attitude if you're going to be blessed by the Word of God. Which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. Now that, I, I realize that the word is glass there, but the direct translation means a mirror. man is looking at himself in the mirror. He's looking at himself. He's observing himself. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Forgets what he looks like. Forgets what he saw. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He be not a forgetful. That same, that, that's becoming a theme, to forget. Not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the engrafted word. The engrafted word. All right? Let's pray. Let's lift our voices. Come on, we took the time to come here tonight. Let's, let's let the word of God do something. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your spirit and this tremendous host of people here tonight. We pray for the word of the Lord. Father, I believe you spoke to me today. This is the direction of the Holy Ghost. Talk to each and every one of us, God, that we're not just hearers. We're, we're just here for some physical, personal reason and not a supernatural, eternal reason. Speak to us tonight, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to challenge you at the outset of this here tonight. 
Um, when the church is operating as it was designed, there is what I call a divine attraction. We talked a little bit about this on Sunday, and I want to, I, I cannot stress enough the importance of these things, because the world is not looking for denominations. They may think they are, they're, they're People are being trained that somebody is going to give them something. And I don't want to become over-political, but you understand that if this becomes a socialistic instead of a democratic, capitalistic form of government in America, that people are going to think that the government is going to give me things, which is the big impetus behind the attraction. People are not looking for rules and regulations. I have never met anybody in 28 years, 29 years of full-time ministry, I've never met anybody said, I'm here because I'm looking for a lot of rules and regulations. And quite frankly, if I ever met somebody like that, I would think, <clears throat> I hope security's got an eye on this person. People are not looking for some stringent religious doctrine that they're not acquainted and not familiar with, okay? But here is where the divine attraction is on display. The worship and the praise and the liberty that is resident in this group of people if we will stay on track, there will be no end to this in terms of growth, in terms of dynamic power among us. I really believe this. I believe this with all my heart. I am absolutely 1,000% convinced of this. And you may say, well, Pastor, I believe that, but how come there's more people? Because when they get to the fine print, Not everybody is willing to commit. You have to understand that in many cases, for the first time in people's lives, they're actually being challenged that they have to take care of something. They've abused their bodies. They've abused their minds. They've, they've, they've abused other people. They've used people. They've manipulated. They've allowed themselves to be manipulated for the sake of popularity or some warped, twisted self serving attitude that they were raised with and our entire culture is warped and twisted and I'm not making fun, I'm just telling you the way it is. But when people come in and they feel the exhilaration of redemptive lift, you have to understand, you got to get this revelation that when we begin to worship God, there is something that happens here. It is a redemptive lift that every single human being, I don't care if they're in a wheelchair, I don't care if they're strapped to a gurney, I don't care, I don't care if they're walked in on crutches. The human spirit is designed by God to communicate with God. And it's a powerful thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that even though the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, is the active agent of relationship with humanity, it is not in and of itself alone the agent of God that will cause us to grow. And ladies and gentlemen, growth is what this is all about. Okay? You came here, you're sitting here tonight, you know. I'm here, I'm here because I want to grow. Well, pa you're already the pastor, big deal. I want to I be more than I am tonight. 
I want to be, I want to grow in God. I want to be closer to Him. I want to know Him. I want to, I want, I want more of Him. I think that, does that explain you tonight? I'm not just here because I want to, oh yeah, my friends are here and we've got our little clique and, you know, I've got them, we, we all kind of huddle together. and we. No, that's not what this is about. This is about I want to know Him. I came out of that to, because I want God. I'm not looking for a little group of people we can all lick our wounds together. I want more God. I want power. I want to draw nigh unto Him. I want relationship with Him. See, and it becomes obvious somewhere in the journey really why people are here. And maybe your motive is less than, than what I described. You're still welcome here. Why are you here? Well, I like the people. Okay. Just don't cause any trouble. Don't try to rip anybody off in the bathroom. We had a guy in our, in our previous building that was actually panhandling near the bathrooms. He would wait by the bathrooms until some unsuspecting person came needing to <clears throat> use the restroom, and then they were asked, uh, if, do you have a couple bucks I could borrow? I thought I was the only one in the building that felt like doing that from time to time when we first started the church, but we got a guy waiting at the bathroom to panhandle, so we got him out of there. There's a lot of different reasons why people are here. They feel security here. They feel safety here. They've met friends here. They're establishing relationships. Those are great reasons. You're welcome here. But all of those pale in comparison with the divine design of why God has brought you to this place. And that's because God is going to change you. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. God is going to change you. But God is not going to do it all by himself. Well, God, if God wants me to quit smoking, he's going to take these cigarettes away from me. What, you can't, you can't say no? You say no to not going to work. You say no to not paying your bills. Can't you say no to cigarette smoking? I think I've made my point. It's amazing what people say yes to. See, the deal of it is you just need to get full of God so your, your yay can be yay and your nay can be nay. Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. You don't have, we don't have any problem saying yes or no, but it's to the wrong thing. particular passage of scripture, we are immediately confronted with a contrast, and that is the contrast between the word that has been grafted and the word that is not followed. Look at this again, if you would please, in verse number 21. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And then in contrast, there is a description of somebody that you can have two people sitting on the exact same pew. And I see brother and sister Ryan Roberts. In the honeymoon section. Now, Brother Roberts, don't talk to her because I'm trying to preach to her too. And everybody said amen. I'm just having fun. I've got to get used to the fact that he used to sit right here. Are you going to start that again? Okay. 
so look at this, look at this contrast. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start moving now, okay? The engrafted word, which is able to save your soul, and then there is a description of somebody that heard the exact same word. You can have two people sitting right next to each other, and one person is getting something out of it, and the next person will get into their car and say, nothing happened. And if you're married, your wife will say, didn't you hear what the pastor said tonight? deceive our own selves when we say, yes, I heard it, but we didn't do anything with it. You see, this word engrafted means that I did something with it. You know, this is why to be a generational Pentecostal, and I am not trying to be unkind because I have a lot of respect to my predecessors that have lived for God and brought truth to where it is today. But I want to tell you there is a danger becoming over, overly familiar. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard the pastor before, and yeah, you know, I've heard that. You deceive your own self. Because I do not come here haphazardly. I do not come here casually. I do not come here to play a game. I come here with a word from God, and to the best of my ability, I'm going to deliver that to you. Then there is the description of somebody that looks into the mirror, they notice their appearance, they need to comb their hair, maybe their shirt collar is messed up. Soon afterwards, they forget the condition that they saw themselves in. Everybody else can see it. God can see it. The devil can see it. But they are totally out of sync with understanding what the Word has revealed to them. I want to tell you there is nothing that is more powerful to an individual that in your devotion and your daily consecration, when you've prayed and you open up the Word of God, how that the Spirit that is in you is able to take a verse, a verse that you've read a thousand times, but God is able to take that and break it down and apply it to you and open up worlds of understanding. That is a supernatural phenomena. I think we ought to take a moment and thank God for that. That's, that's awesome. You want to know, your new shoes are not awesome. Your new car is not awesome. Your new job is not awesome. This is awesome. Oh, Pastor, I got a new pair of shoes. Oh, how do you like them? They're awesome. Then we get up and talk about God, and they don't move. They don't rub me eyes. Contrast, verse number 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, same person that looks into the mirror, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. cannot survive without living on the Word of God. You cannot survive. This word engrafted, it's the only usage of this word in the entirety of the New Testament. 
find it. It's got several meanings that we're going to explore here, but it has the idea of something that has become rooted, like like it remains. I'd like to extrapolate on that last statement and say this. One of the things that we're going to be judged when we come before the judgment seat of Christ, if you're living for God and you're saved, you are not going to come before the white throne judgment. You will come before the judgment seat of Christ. You are going to be judged by how much of the word of God has changed you and the benefit. And that's not just the logos. That's also the rhema. Because God speaks directly to our spirits. And even that word that God gives to us through our trial or through our tribulation or through a moment of duress, when God speaks to us, God is going to bring that word back to us. God is requiring a return. But he said, my word will not return unto me void. It's going to affect somebody. You could be sitting, I've already mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. You could be sitting right next to somebody here tonight, and somebody gets something completely different, impacting, life-changing, and somebody right next to them say, oh, you know, I was at service tonight. How'd it go tonight? Ah, it was good. Pastor rambled. We need to receive the word of God with meekness, which is why we go to the prayer room first. The prayer room is not just so I can punch and say, well, you know, the pastor can't get on my case because I was in the prayer room. That's... That's professional Pentecostalism. But recognizing that you're not everything that God wants you to be. See, you have to take yourself out of the equation and say, well, I'm everything I think I should be. Therefore, I see no need to grow. That that is inaccurate. You're deceiving yourself. Number one, you're God's property. You are not your own. And God should be able to determine what he sees as more growth in our life. He should be able to make that requirement. Well, Pastor, I just got saved. I'm not doing this for the pastor. When you give junk out of your life, you're letting God know, put the good stuff in. I got room now. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. You're not doing this to please me. I'm doing this against In eternity, some of you people are going to look me up and say, thank you, Pastor. And I'm going to say, you know, I love you. I'm no, I don't hold any grudges. If I hold any grudges, I'm not even going to go there. And I hope the pastor's not holding all these grudges. I can't afford to hold grudges. Man, I want to, I want, I want to please God, which means I need to pray like everybody else does. You're the pastor. You don't need to pray. You don't need to forgive. You're the, you're, the, you're the top cheese around here. I want to tell you something. I don't want that attitude. I don't want you to look at me like that. I want more God. I want to go to heaven. I want to have revival. I want to see my kids saved. I want to see my grandkids saved. I want to see your kids saved. Clap your hand. We're on this together. But you got to understand, we got to grow together if we're going to go together. You got to grow up if you're going to go up. Man, I'm waxing eloquent tonight. Hey. This engrafted word is talking about. A word that has become part of me. 
not just Acts 2.38. That just gets us across the threshold of this journey. It's talking about the Word of God that has literally become part of us and is changing us. Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number 11, you don't have to turn there, there is talking about an idiomatic illustration of the wild olive branch that is being grafted in, and it's talking about the church being grafted in to the olive branch, which is the Jews, and that, that is what the Jews have stumbled at, is they cannot believe that Gentiles are going to have the same the same right to God that they have always had. That's one of the things, according to Romans chapter 9, verse number 1, that the Jews stumbled at. They couldn't believe that the likes of you and I are actually going to go to heaven. And it says that the wild olive branch, which is talking about you and I, has been grafted in. But that's not the exact same word as this word. This is engrafted. Because a graft is on the surface. When you do a skin graft, it's on the surface. When you graft, because there's uh, horticulture people that are into all this that that will take one branch and able to graft it into another branch, and it begins to give life into that other branch. It's that's on the surface, but something that's engrafted is something that has put down roots. It is it has become foundational. It's become fundamental. I have recognized that that is truth and, and I am releasing part of myself that is that is incorrect or is off or is inaccurate and in its place I'm going to start living on the word and it may be a fight at first but it's right and I'm wrong and whatever it takes I'm going to win this battle because the Bible said that that is the truth and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start walking in this. I'm going to start praying in this until it becomes part of our behavior. It determines my thought life, it determines my direction, it determines everything when it becomes engrafted. And week after week after week, this church is blessed with being recipients of the Word of God. But it is, it is up to us whether our attitude is right to receive it and then what we do with it. I, I've wondered this. I've wondered how many times. God has actually sent the answer to so many problems that are sitting on these pews tonight. But yet, people, for whatever reason, they were on the wrong channel. They're, they're just, they just, they weren't aware. They weren't, their, their spirit was not in tune to God, and they missed that opportunity. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us. Let's pray for a minute. which is able to save your souls. I can't save myself. I need God. I need the Word of God. I need the Spirit of God to empower me to live according to the Word of God. Grafted Word of God is describing an internal process that combines the Word of God, my hunger for God, my desire and my love for God, and my love for His Word. lasting change. The word engrafted also means to implant. Or transfer. It has the idea behind it a 
of allowing us to remove some component in our lives, whether it's unbelief, fear, lust, hate, bitterness, and replace it with God's principles. Every single year in America, there are 30,000 organ transplants. They are not all the same. The long-term survival of transplanted organs is under 60%. For two reasons. Number one, rejection by the body. physical terms, when they put another organ in somebody's body, the body recognizes that there is something there that was not there naturally. And there is an uprising in the body. That's why they have to give drugs, certain drugs, that will allow that organ to be received of the host. And that's why when God wants to put the grafted word, come out at Summit, Pat, you won't believe what God did at Summit. Or you won't believe when Brother Cody Martin preached. Or you won't believe when whatever, whenever. God does it. There's a change. The word comes in. The word comes in and, and brings a new foundation, a new purpose, a new direction, a new illumination, a revelation. And immediately your flesh goes to work on that. It says it never really happened. It's not going to last. I'm going to tell you what I fought as a new convert. I, I had had people make promises to me all my life only to have them jerk it away from me. Where And I just thought this is too good to last. This Holy Ghost is too good to last. And so the devil was picking up on that. And the devil was, was working me over on that. It's not really going to last. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to run out. And, and it's going to go back to the way it was. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's better today than it was 30 some odd years ago. It's a lie from the devil. You have, it's got to become engrafted. It's got to replace all the faulty character that's in our life. Clap your hands and give God the praise. flesh is going to rise up against that engrafted word. But that engrafted word is what saves you. It's not you, you sitting here that's saving you. That's part and parcel. But that in and of it by, by itself is not enough to save you. You going to the prayer room, it's not going to save you. You having the right friends, it's not going to save you. You being buddy-buddy with the pastor, you think, I'm not going to let you be my buddy. Because that's dangerous to you and it's dangerous to me. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be friendly. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Man, she's really got a hold of you tonight, doesn't she? That's all right. As long as you're married, she can do that. And all the married folks say amen. I love this family right here, don't you? Right here. Oh, well, pastor, I work in Sunday school. That's not enough to save you. Pastor, I pay my tithe. That's not enough to save you. Pastor, I do all these things. That's not enough to save you. The thing that saves you is the engrafted word. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. God is helping you become. God is helping you transform and being morphed into another creature by the power of the word of God. times has God given us an answer and somewhere we get tricked to the devil or we listen to our flesh and it slips through our fingers and we're right back where we started. That's how important this is. 
not only will the flesh rise up and attack that new organ, but the immunity system goes on full alert. And you need your immunity system to fight off other things. This is why you've got to have the Word and the Spirit. Because while you're at work letting the Word of God do what it's doing in your life, you need, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to walk in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is going to give you that power to, to allow that Word to have its full effect in your life. It's not just going to be a Word on the surface. It's not just going to be there for a month. It's not just going to be there for summit. It's not just going to be for six months. But that, that Spirit is going to cooperate with the Word of God. And it's going to accomplish what God designed for it to accomplish. And that's what saves you. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed. The thing that's forming Christ in you is the word that is engrafted. You're taking on his character. You're taking on his likeness. You're taking on his pers perspective of life and perspective of yourself and your perspective of others. Pastor, <clears throat> this stuff seems too hard. Not if you love God. It's only hard if your flesh says, I ain't going to pray. I ain't going to fast. I ain't going to love my brethren. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. Then it's hard. It's really hard. An old time, why, and I say that respectfully, wise saint said, if you live for God hard, it'll be easy. If you live for God easy, it'll be hard. Pastor, I really got a deal going on in my life. I need you to help me, help me, help me. And I will do whatever I can to help you. But the bottom line is you need a word. And then, what are you going to do when you get that word? That's no big deal. I can get a word anytime. You that have been living for God a long time, you understand that there are some moments that God will give you a word that's fitly spoken that should do a earthquake in your inner man and it's designed to set you free. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. When those moments come along, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm not giving this out there for public opinion. This is for me. I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to hang on to this. You can't have this. The world can't have it. My friends can't have it. It's for me. Thank God for the engrafted word. Meekness is relevant to humility. I've already heard all this before. I don't need this. There's not a person in here that really feels that way. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16. The apostle continues that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. When you become a, a new creature in Christ, the inside is telling the outside what to do. That's why the apostle said several times about putting on the new man. It's based on that engrafted word. I'm going to tell you what. You start letting this engrafted word operate in your life. And you are going to grow wings and you're going to start flying on this. This ain't just going to be just a regular church. This ain't going to be just another Tuesday night. You're going to be in a whole other wavelength. And to some, of, to some of us that 
you have family members or friends and they're at a certain altitude that you're hungering to go to another altitude, you can go to that other altitude. You, you don't have to diss them. You don't have to put them down. You don't have to, you don't have to put them in the hot place. But see, that's usually what happens in churches is we get familiar with one another and we allow each other to determine the level of spirituality that we're going to achieve for ourselves. That's not how God sees you. God called you out as an individual. God's going to develop you as an individual. God's going to allow you to fly as an individual. And when you stand before him, he's going to model you before the devil and say, look what she and I did. Look what he and I did. Because when I gave them a word, they didn't throw it. They didn't give it to their flesh. They didn't allow their immunity system to wipe it out. They built their life on it. Clap your hands and give him praise. It's the engrafted word. You've got to have it. There's nothing like it. Thank God. 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 I want to tell you something. You precious new converts. These sisters right here, you guys are a breath of fresh air. God bless you. Right now, if they didn't have the engrafted word, they would not be hanging on. It's not an option to them. Because when you got family coming against you, when you got people of the, the, your old church coming against you, and everybody's challenging you, you better have way down on the inside. No, 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 no. There's only but one God, and Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead made visible. And there's only one way to be bad. They ain't got a choice. If you're going to survive, you've got to have the engrafted word. Clap your hands and give him praise. But I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. I want to grow. I want to fly. I want to achieve. I want to dream. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God the praise for a minute. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You gotta get you gotta adjust your heart. You gotta get your heart right and say, I gotta get back to getting hungry for the things of God. See, Cornerstone's got a strong culture. And it's easy to become part of the culture. And and you should be. I like her sitting over here now. This is pick on everybody night. And yes, Scott Whitmire, I'm coming back to get you, so don't try to hide on me. And no, you don't need a bathroom break right now. Cornerstone has a strong culture, and if you're not careful, you will allow this culture to replace your hunger. Well, I want so-and-so to like me, and, and if, they, if they won't like me, then I just, I just, I want somebody to like me. And, and so we use the same things that we used to do in the world to try to fit in here. You don't have to do that. You've been delivered of that. You're already accepted. We already love you. Come on, somebody. My God, help me out over there. I've come to blow this thing up in the name of Jesus. That's a bunch of social hogwash. careful you'll slip back into the same little things and the little tricks and the little personal deals that God wants to deliver you from that you used to operate in the world but you just cleaned up a little bit and shined up you don't have to do that you're already loved he loves you without question he'll never leave you he'll never walk out on you What you need to do is adjust your meekness and realize, God, I just don't want to go to church today. I want something that's going to change my life. And I promise you, you'll get it. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. It's available. It's available to every person here several times a week. But it's what we do with it. It's where we are in our heart that's going to determine whether it's engrafted or discard it. You know, I've got a burden for you as a pastor. You know, this church is not just all everybody's banging into the walls with our ukuleles. No, 
as our group trusts in the Lord. I love it. I'll bump into the walls with you. But you're not going to have that if you ain't got this. This is more important than that. If I can put it that way. nature wants to rebel and reject my attempt to let that word that God gave me become irrational. We reject it. I say we repent. We need to be tired of that. Tired of that. And I'm working on it. A gazillion hours a week trying to think of God's blessing providing for your family and your household with working yourself. I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, you need to realize the preeminence of God. This is what I was saved, I am saved, and I shall be saved. We don't believe in eternal security in this life. It was a false doctrine that came out of the Reformation. I was saved and I obey Acts 2.38. I am being saved because of the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And I'm believing, trusting, because I don't have any plans on backsliding. I shall be saved tomorrow. But when tomorrow gets here, it's going to be today. Your, your, your thought process are, who am I going to marry? Who cares right now? Listen, the higher, the, the more you let God develop you in the present, the more developed your potential husband will be. I don't recommend that. If you're one of these young ladies, in, and we've got we've got some incredibly virtuous, godly young ladies in this church, and I'm proud of them, but you just hang on until God brings you the right one, and he's going to be as refined as you are, because God is not going to let you marry a Studebaker. Man, I can't even start this thing. better hope you don't just end up with anybody because I'm going to tell you a marriage can be heaven or a marriage can be <clears throat> and everybody said amen but the more you let God process you when they fit together the qualities the direction the blessings you can act like you're not hearing this, but you're hearing this. The worst thing you can do is keep fussing as a marriage because you're hindering your own prayers. What you guys need to do is just say, you know what? We need God. We need God. We need God. We need to quit acting so proud and acting like we got it all together and just pile in this and say, God, just, just here we are. We want to live for you. We need you. We need blessing. And God will say, that's all I've been waiting on. Now I'm ready to deliver. Now, come, somebody help me out there. Deceiving our own selves. all it takes. Meekness. And then it becomes engrafted. And then I'm blessed in everything I do. Because I'm following the word. In my mind, I'm not following some stupid imagination straight from the throne of hell. But I have an answer to that thought. See, some of you are not battling right because you don't have enough of the word in you. And so when the devil puts a thought in there, you don't know how to counter it. And the devil just says, I got this person, I got him on remote control. 
They don't even know how to defend themselves. The way you do it is you get alone with the word of God, and when the devil tries to give you something, you go, no, 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 no. I'm lining up with something that's eternal. I'm lining up with the word of God. That is the first dimension of spiritual warfare, is being able to govern your thoughts. Clap your hands and give him praise. I just, I just don't. I can do that. Now, when I get home, it'll probably be, honey, don't ever do that again. Yes. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes. Okay. No, she doesn't do that. We have a lot of fun. We have fun. We're living for God. We're having a blast. Oh, Pastor, it's so hard. There's devils everywhere. Nobody wants the church here. Everybody's against the church. And, and, and you don't have resources. Are you kidding me? My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I get the good guys discount every time, brother, Sergeant, because God is in this. If you'll hold out and wait for somebody else that's allowed the word of God to put them together, you'll be blessed. Clap your hands and give them praise. Some of you young people, I love you, I love you, I love you. But I can look where I can read you like a book. You're thinking, I need somebody else to make me complete. That's exactly what they're telling you on these dating websites. All you need is Jesus to be complete. And until Jesus has you, he's probably not going to share you. Hello. Man, pastor's really out on a branch. Yeah, I'm feeling the I'm feeling this thing. <laughs> oh, I just gotta have, I just gotta have a guy because it'll make my life complete. What you're looking, you're looking for somebody else to reinforce your own flawed self-image back to you. And if you're care, if you're not careful, you'll end up getting somebody that will reverberate that back to you instead of going to Jesus. And Jesus tell you. You're already complete because you've got me. And you, you and I could live happily ever after. But after God has you and he trusts you, then God's got, he may not even live in this state. He, God might be working on him in another state. But God says, I've been working on you and you guys are going to tear Africa up. And I'm going to bring two people together that are going to do a work for me. Clap your hands and give him praise. The engrafted word. The other danger, the first danger, is allowing your body to reject what God's trying to give you. Because you just don't have any self-discipline. You're a good person. I love you. God loves you. But you haven't come to the place of learning, i got to fight for that. It's valuable to me. i got to have that. I don't want to be this way anymore. Desperate people are oftentimes the people that are able to get a hold of these things because they have achieved a level of desperation which already beats a pathway out for itself. People that are complacent and people that are, that are just comfortable, they're the ones that allow things to just slip through. There's a second danger to the engrafted word, and it's shallowness. Everything's, everything's on the surface. Everything's surface. Problem is you are never going to get away with the surface relationship with God. God. God already has a design for all of us that deep calls unto deep. And God will not, God will not be satisfied with the surface relationship. Luke chapter number 8 gives an incredible picture of this. Jesus gives the parable, and then he gives the explanation. And he gives the explanation to his disciples. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries. So here's the mystery. 
verse number 11. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. A seed is, was never intended to be on the surface. By design, by divine design, a seed will abide alone unless it becomes engrafted into the earth and becomes subjected to photosynthesis and the biological idiosyncrasies of life. seed was meant to be buried, was meant to be engrafted into the earth. But let me show you what happened. Verse number 12, those by the wayside are they that hear and then cometh the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, in a church like this, I'm just telling you, I am removing myself from this equation, this statement I'm about to make, but I'm going to tell you. Some of the greatest apostolic preachers I know come through this church. And you are hearing. You're hearing from men that pray, from men that fast, from men that have given their lives. And in a church like this, there are more devils waiting to be activated by the word. They are totally cued by preaching. And they're waiting to see what you're going to do with this tonight. They have a million different thoughts to dump into your brain to get you completely removed from what God wanted to give you. See, the wayside is talking about the seed going not, it didn't hit its target. Oh, that's for somebody else tonight. Satan comes and takes the seed away. How does he do that? He fills your mind with a million things that aren't even in this room tonight. Oh, man, what are we going to do with, what are we going to do for our rent next month? And Man, that car payment's coming up real quick. and You know, I haven't really been paying my tithes or anything, so I can't really trust God. And you're being robbed of the very word that God wanted to give you to get you to the next level so you could be where you really want to be. See, this is warfare tonight. When you come to church, it's warfare. Don't let anybody steal your, your attention. You should be riveted when there's apostolic preaching. Riveted. Whether it's me, anybody, you should be riveted thinking, I need this tonight. God, I need something from this tonight. I may not even understand, but you can connect the dots for me, and I'm going to see something I didn't even see that I need tonight. Professional Pentecostalism has lost this. I'm not, I'm not going to be a professional. I'm not going to let myself become professional. When somebody's preaching something and it hits me right between the eyes, just get out of the way. I'm going to fall on right over here and I'm going to pray. This, uh, this pastor right here is not afraid to get in this altar. There's some adults, I've never even seen them in this altar. With meekness, humility, hunger, desire. God, I just, I don't want to just be delivered from my feelings of condemnation and shame. I want to get back to exploring the universe with you. Because the kingdom of God is within me. Not a bunch of junk. Not a bunch of worldliness. It's the kingdom of God. The reason why we preach against worldliness here and a bunch of junk is so that you can have the kingdom of God within you. Uh, I wouldn't go to that church because you can't do this, can't do that. You missed the whole point. That's so carnal. That's stupid. The reason why we preach against those things is so God can do what God wants to do. I wouldn't go to that church because 
you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, let's talk about what you can do. Let's talk about what you can do. Shallowness. Shallow Pentecost. Now you see me, now you don't. I'm here today and I'm gone tomorrow. Uh, just be glad I'm here, Pastor. I am. I'm really glad you're here. And since you're here, why don't we get something? Pastor, I'm, I'm just here because my wife made me come. I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Our trailer was parked at a church in Texas. I got two minutes, so don't get worried. And I looked out the window. I was preaching that night. I looked out the window, and here comes, and I've even seen it in this church to a certain degree. Here comes the mom. Um, she's got the big family edition Bible, the one that's going to crush every devil within a square mile, you know. She's got the Bible, and here's the kids. She's got three or four kids. I've even seen them. I've seen them in this church, and I'm going to preach on something right now, and I'm going to do it all within about 15 seconds, so just hang on. Listen, your wife, she's got all this stuff. You know how much that baby in that car seat weighs? And here here comes the spirit authority of the house. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Get a backbone. Your wife's lifting all the weights. Your wife's doing all the praying. Your wife's. Here he comes, the authority of the house. I'm serious. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody here. I actually saw a guy walking like that. I thought, my God, I better not even think about this because I need to be home. That made, me, that made me so mad. Here's a mom that probably did the girl's hair and dressed the kids and got them all cleaned up and got them ready, got herself ready for church. And she's got that family edition, Devil Crush Your Head edition Bible, big enough to put in a wheelbarrow. And she's happily going to the prayer room. And here he comes. I would that men everywhere lifting up holy hands. Come on, get a backbone. Get on your knees and get a backbone. Get the engrafted word and become that evangelist. Become that help in the church. Become that pillar in the house of God and let God bless you. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and give God the praise. Come on, somebody give him praise. Come on, somebody, lift your hands. You can do it. God's going to help you. God's going to help you. God sees you to be delivered. God sees you to be powerful. God sees you to be walking with angels, sitting in heavenly places. The next soil condition was the seed that fell on the soil, fell on a rock. The people got offended and you didn't see them anymore. All it took was a little offense. Little offense, they were gone. The danger of end time Pentecost, shallowness. But I'm preaching to you, tremendous people, tonight about the engrafted word. I'm here tonight. Simply based on my love for God. And I know you feel the same way. Let's come to this altar tonight and let God begin to remove those pillars that don't bear weight. Attitudes that should be washed out a long time ago. I need that engrafted word. I want to change. I want to be different. I've circled around Kadesh Barney and I'm tired of the view. I need something different, God. I want to go higher. I want to go deeper. Come on, this altar's open. Week after week, the presentation of the engrafted word. Who's going to get this tonight? Who's going to do something with this tonight?
who's going to be changed. The engrafted word. This altar's open. God's got his his arms open to mile wide saying, come on. Come on. change me, it can change my world. I really don't need anything else. I don't need toys. I don't need anything. I need to be changed. Come on, let's pray. God wants to help us. God wants to replace the faulty, flimsy foundation and replace it with something so powerful and so deep and so glorious so eternal so life changing so supernatural that we're never the same again despite circumstances despite hardships despite the valley of the shadow of death nothing can tarnish hinder because the power is on the inside. The joy is on the inside. The encouragement is on the inside. Because it's part of the foundation. Come on. Let's pray. God loves you. Without question. Without limitation. 